Assalamualaikum. Greetings. Welcome to a brand new episode of uh, Project Progress. Uh, we're doing pairs of episodes every day. Uh, there's an Urdu reading segment, and right now here we are in our English reading segment. Uh, a lit- taking a little stock of our progress, uh, we had four targets in mind. I think I'm getting better at flow of speech. Uh, the rest, uh, I'll have to listen and make my judgment. Uh, this is just about my internal feeling that I'm uh, sharing with you, that I feel I'm getting better with the flow of speech. I think I don't have to think that much before speaking uh, to you here on this podcast. Uh, anyways, let's start with our speech for today. We're reading our book, Speeches That Changed the World. It's by Alan J. Whitaker. Uh, we are on the era between the wars, and today's speech is by Franklin D. Roosevelt, quite a famous figure. Uh, he speaks of the only thing we have to fear is fear itself, and this is the title of his speech, which was an inaugural presidential address uh, in Washington, D.C. on the 4th of March, 1933. A little about Franklin D. Roosevelt. He's quite famous, but let's see what the author says about him. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, 1882-1945, rose from being governor of New York in 1928 to President of the United States in 1932. Despite being stricken with polio in 1921, which left him partially paralyzed in the legs and necessitated the use of a wheelchair in later years, FDR, as he was known, was elected president in November 1932 at a time when America and the world was beset by the economic depression after the Wall Street crash of October 1929. In this speech, Roosevelt outlines his plan for a new deal and the economic recovery. Uh, We are in a phase uh, in this world right now where we're talking about economic recovery. Even without COVID-19 impact on economies around the world, uh, we were preparing ourselves for a recession. That was what economic pundits and gurus were predicting. And uh, COVID-19 just became a catalyst for that. And we're hearing speeches and talk and statements all around about economic recovery and how we will get up. Let's see how uh, in the 30s a president rallied his uh, people towards an economic recovery. Uh, Let's just get reading into it. It's quite a long speech, so let's just hurry into this speech. This is a day of national consecration, and I am certain that on this day my fellow Americans expect that on my induction into the presidency I will address them with a candor and a decision which the present situation of our people impels. This is preeminently the time to speak to truth the whole truth, frankly and boldly, nor need we shrink from honestly facing conditions in our country today. This great nation will endure as it has endured, will revive and will prosper. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. 
um, inserting my comment in here. Uh, what a good way to start. Um, he speaks of uh, to recognize a problem is the first step to solving it. Um, you can't say there is no problem and then go for a solution. So uh, it's quite, it's difficult. It's difficult, but. Uh, it's what brings big results. So whenever in a bad situation, if I'm taking these pointers for myself, whenever in a bad situation, as a leader, if I am to give a speech, I will admit to the shortcomings or the or the bad situation, and then move forward towards a solution. Um, uh, and uh, the way uh, and this last sentence we must fear fear itself and that's what's uh, fueling a lot of the negativity even now <coughs> regarding COVID-19 the rumors and the terror and um, nowadays we have um, um, the news bulletin the breaking news uh, phenomenon going on on our TV channels which uh, increases our stress so we've heard that regarding COVID-19 as well, that um, um, sensationalizing news. And uh, so this problem hasn't been solved as yet, uh, or rather it has increased. But recognition of this problem, this inculcation of fear in your audiences, I hope it gets better over time. Uh, anyways, uh, continuing on with the speech, in every dark hour of our national life, a leadership of frankness and vigor has met with the, uh, that understanding and support of the people themselves which is essential to victory. I'm convinced that you will again give that support to the leadership in these critical days. In such a spirit in, on my part and yours we face our common difficulties. They concern, thank God, only material things. Values have shrunk to fantastic levels. Taxes have risen. Our ability to pay has fallen. Government of all kinds is faced by serious curtailment of income. The means of exchange are frozen in the currents of trade. The withered leaves of industrial enterprise lie on every side. Farmers find no markets for their produce. The savings of many years and thousands of families are gone. Many important, more important, a host of unemployed citizens face the grim problem of existence and an equally great number toil with little return. Only a foolish optimist can deny the dark realities of the moment. And yet our distress comes from no failure of substance. We are stricken by no plague of locusts compared with the perils which our forefathers conquered because they believed and were not afraid. We have still much to be thankful for. Nature still offers her bounty and human efforts have multiplied it. Plenty is at our doorstep, but a generous use of it languishes in the very sight of the supply. Primarily, this is because the rulers of the exchange of mankind's goods have failed through their own stubbornness and their own incompetence have admitted their failure and have abdicated. Practices of the unscrupulous money changers stand indicated, indicted in the court of public opinion, rejected by the hearts of the and minds of the men. True, they have tried, but their efforts have been cast into patterns of an outworn tradition. Faced by the failure of credit, they have proposed only the lending of more money, stripped of the lure of profit by which to induce our people to follow their false leadership. They have resorted to exhortions, pleading tearfully for restored 
confidence they now only they know only the rules of a generation of self seekers they have no vision and when there is no vision the people perish yes the money changers have fled from their high seats in the temple of our civilization we may now restore the temple to the ancient truths another economy gone bad because of interest uh, day by day i believe more and more on islamic principles of doing business this is an essay topic that i'm thinking of writing about um i'll keep you guys posted about um, my progress about that project anyways back to the essay to the speech uh, the measure of the restoration lies in the extent to which we supply social workers more noble than mere monetary profit happiness lies not in the mere possession of money it lies in the joy of achievement in the thrill of creative effort the joy and moral stimulation of work no longer must be forgotten in the mad chase of evanescent profits these dark days will be worth all they cost us if they teach us that our true destiny is not to be ministered unto but to minister to ourselves and to our fellow men recognition of the falsity of material wealth uh, as the standard of success goes hand in hand with the abandonment of the false belief that public office and high political positions are to be valued only by the standard of pride of place and personal profit they must there must be an end to conduct to a conduct in banking and in business which too often has given a sacred trust the likeness of callous and selfish wrongdoing small wonder that uh, confidence languishes for it thrives only on honesty on honor and on the sacredness of obligation on faithful protection and on unselfish performance without them it cannot live restoration calls however not for changes in ethics alone this nation asks for action and action now our greatest primary task is to put people to work this is, this is no unsolvable problem if we face it wisely and courageously it can be accomplished in part by direct recruiting by the government itself treating the task as we would treat the emergency of a war but at the same time through this employment accomplishing greatly needed projects to stimulate the reorg and reorganize the use of our natural resources i like the direction of the solution that uh, he's talking about he started with ethics but then he talks about real action and the first thing he's talking about is uh, hr practices and strategic hr comes here Uh, continuing on hand in hand th- with that we must frankly recognize the overbalance of population in our industrial in our industrial centers and by engaging on a national scale in a redistribution endeavor to provide a better use of the land for those best fitted for the land yes the task can be helped by definite efforts to raise the values of agricultural products and with this the power to purchase the output of our cities it can be helped by preventing Uh, realistically the tragedy of the growing loss through foreclosure of our small homes and our farms it can be helped by the insistence by insistence that the federal state and local governments act forthwith on the demand that their cost be drastically reduced it can be helped by the unifying um of relief activities which today are often scattered on economical and unequal it can be helped by national planning for and supervision of all forms of transportation and of communications and other utilities that have definite public character 
there are many ways in which it can be helped but it can never be helped merely by talking about it we must act we must act quickly finally in our progress toward a resumption of work we require two safeguards against the return of evils of the old order there must be a strict supervision of all banking and credits and investment there must be an end to speculation with other people's money and there must be provision for an adequate but sound currency these there are the lines of these are the lines of attack i shall presently urge upon a new congress and special session detailed measures of their fulfillment and i shall seek the immediate assistance of the 48 states through this program of action we address ourselves to putting our national house in order and making income balance outgo our international trade relations though vastly important are in are in point of time the necessity uh, and necessity secondary to the establishment of a sound national economy i favor as a practical policy putting uh, of first things first i shall spare no effort to restore world trade by international economic readjustment but the emergency at home cannot wait on that accomplishment the basic thought that guides these specific means of national recovery is not narrowly nationalistic it is the insistence as a first consideration upon the interdependence of the various elements in all parts of the united states a recognition of the old and permanently important manifestation of the american spirit of the pioneer it is the way to recovery it is the immediate way it is the strongest assurance that the recovery will endure in the field of world policy i would dedicate this nation to the policy of the good neighbor the neighbor who resolutely respects himself and because he does so respects the rights of others the neighbor who respects his obligations and respects the sanctity of his agreements and in uh, agreements in and with a world of neighbors what a good way to put it uh, in the policy of a good neighbor the neighbor who resolutely respects himself and uh, other than nations in the world of nations even in individuals uh, we must respect ourselves uh, my thought of the day yesterday was be kind to yourself uh, most of the time we're put in guilt trips by not achieving much or we're put into critical uh, self critical phase a self critical mentality and in that we end up uh, loathing ourselves self loathing will never lead to any progress so we must respect ourselves and our efforts uh, and be kind to ourselves uh, continuing on with this speech if i read the temper of our people correctly we now realize as we have never realized before our interdependence on each other that we can not merely take but we must give as well that if we are to go forward we must move as a trained and loyal army willing to sacrifice for the good of a common discipline because without such discipline no progress is made no leadership becomes effective we are i know ready and willing to submit our lives and property to such discipline because it makes possible a leadership which aims at a larger good this i propose to offer pledging that the larger purpose will bind upon us bind uh, upon us all as a sacred obligation with a unity of duty hitherto uh, evoked only in times of armed strife with this pledge taken i assume unhesitatingly the leadership of this 
great army of our people dedicated to a disciplined attack upon our common problems. Action in this image uh, and to um, action in this image and to this end is feasible under the form of government which we have inherited from our ancestors. Our constitution is so simple and practical that it is possible always to meet extraordinarily extraordinary needs of by change changes in emphasis and arrangement without loss of essential form. That is why our constitutional system has proved itself the most superbly enduring political mechanism the modern world has ever seen. It has met every stress of vast expansion of territory, of foreign wars, of bitter internal strife, and of world relations. And it is to be hoped that the normal balance of, ex of executive and legislative authority may be wholly adequate to meet the unprecedented task before us, but it may be that an unprecedented demand and need for undelayed action may call for temporary departure from that normal balance of public procedure. I am prepared under my constitutional duty to recommend the measures that a stricken nation in the midst of a stricken world may require. These measures are such that measures uh, or such other measures as the Congress may build out of its experience and wisdom, I shall seek within my constitutional authority to bring to speedy adoption. But in the event that Congress shall fail to take one of these two courses, and in the event that the national emergency is still critical, I shall not evade the clear course of duty that will then confront me. I shall ask the Congress for the one remaining instrument to meet the crisis broad executive power to wage a war against the emergency as great as the power that would be given to me if we were in fact invaded by a foreign foe. For the trust reposed in me, I will return the courage and the devotion that befit the time I can do no less. We face the arduous days that lie before us in the warm courage of the national unity with a clear conscience of seeking old and precious moral values with a clean satisfaction that comes from the stern performance of duty by old and young alike. We aim at the assurance of a rounded, a permanent national life. We do not distrust the future of essential democracy. The people of the United States have not failed. In their need, they have registered a mandate that they want direct, vigorous action. They have asked for discipline and direction under leadership. They have made me the present instrument of their wishes in the spirit of the gift uh, I take it. In this dedication of a nation, we humbly ask the blessing of God. May he protect each and every one of us. May he guide me in the days to come. Franklin. All right. So that's the end of the speech. Um, till now, all the speeches that I have read, this, um, I will declare this as my favorite speech till now. I like the, the way he speaks about it. Uh, the topic is quite relatable because we're going through similar times and his approach to talking about ethics and not just ethics but about action and ending it with asking for help from uh, God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this whole approach is quite nice. Let's see what uh, the author's ending comments are about this uh, person. Franklin D. Roosevelt's bold, persistent leadership sought to make government and its institutions responsible for the economic well-being of the American people. It was nice, Fastius reported, uh, uh, Fastiously reported that he ordered a grilled millionaire for breakfast each morning. FDR created the government 
agencies closed banks and even took on the supreme court in order to facilitate economic recovery but although he held more power than any other american president before and since he never lost the common touch with the people um sounds a bit like imran khan but he doesn't have this strong in executive power um and i feel he's lost touch with the common man till now time will tell how things go roosevelt used a powerful new communication medium radio to speak to the american people in a series of historic speeches he called fireside chats he served four consecutive terms as president 1933 to 45 a feat unprecedented in the history of the country and one not allowable today because of constitutional amendment it was a situation born out of the incredible events of that time the depression the conflict in europe the unprovoked attack on pearl harbor by japanese forces and finally world war 2 itself so it was roosevelt who ordered uh, the first and only time at atomic bombs were used that's a courageous um, decision is it correct i don't know i disagree with the, the decision for roosevelt spar he he proved an inspirational wartime commander in chief despite being confined confined to a wheelchair in later life winning the war became his number one priority even in the face of the criticism of the inter internment of 112 of uh, uh, 1,12,000 Japanese Americans. What's internment? Let's Google search it because uh, that's what progress is all about. If you don't know something, look for it, learn it. And what better way to learn than to learn from Google? So I have logged on to I've turned on my internment Okay, I've typed it in. Internment means the state of being confined as a prisoner especially for political or military reasons. Oh, so he confined he imprisoned people just because of their Uh, descent uh, the japanese americans the f- okay again uh, that's what dictators do they take unpopular decisions and i don't know if this was a good decision for his people or not but it sounds very bad in today's world of anti racism The failure of his government to articulate an adequate response to Hitler's treatment of the Jews in Europe and the apparent appeasement of Russian leader Joseph Stalin at the Yalta conference in 1945. However, Roosevelt was fated never to see victory. He succumbed to a cerebral hemorrhage, 863, 12th April 1945. The irony remains, would the American people have elected a partially crippled man to the white house if they had had televisions and television networks during the 1930s 
the irony remains what an interesting 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 comment to end on uh, i was thinking of talking about his courageous decisions and then his actual rea- reality of being confined to a wheelchair <laughs> if i were to choose a leader let's be honest i will uh um <laughs> i will probably go for an able body person but even um but that's such a wrong thing on my part i saw this video yesterday of this lady uh who in her third year of medical studies uh in an accident became paralyzed neck down and she went through recovery she got movement back in her arms but she's still wheelchair bound but she completed her medical studies not only that but she's training to be a psychologist and uh, i don't know how she is in her real life but the speech or the talk she gave that was pretty inspiring maybe that was a highlight segment but it was inspiring nevertheless okay and that's a lot of talk and uh all i can say is that when charisma meets um um logical talk uh that's where that's a golden combination um so charisma is a born trait can you learn to be more charismatic there are a few trainers out there who say that you can be more charismatic by superficial things i mean the things they recommend is being good at small talk and um presenting yourself with more confidence uh, fake it till you make it um, a kind of approach i find all that quite superficial um was a long pause but i was thinking of how to close the day let's just pray that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings progress into our lives um and that will be all for today